Hello, and welcome to the Grace Redeemed Podcast, the show that brings you a variation of topics to help support and equip you in your daily Christian life. I am your host, Lauren, but you can call me Lo. I am joined here today by a sister who also became a friend of mine now via Instagram, Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, I'll probably butcher your last name, Spir- Spiritos. Yep, you got it. Spiritos, woo-woo. I'm going to raise the roof here. So I'm awesome. I'm happy I got it. I'm I'm here with Brooklyn today. And today we are going to tag up and talk a bit about life as a mom. Um, She's a mom of two little ones and just mothering children with special needs. And just I'm just so encouraged when I see Brooklyn's post um, surrounding her daughters and the challenges that they have and just the way that she handles those challenges through God's grace um, and just having her eyes set on eternity as, as mothering and parenting those little girls. It's been such an encouragement. Um, so I'm just so happy you're here. Blessed to have you oh, on the thank show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So Brooklyn, we're going to just jump into it. We're not going to mess around. Waste any time. Anybody's time. I wanted you to share your testimony right. and tell me a bit and tell the listeners also, you know, how Christ saved you. Like, what's your testimony story? Yeah. Okay. So I was saved. Well, Christ really saved me in 20. No, it was 2008. Yeah. 2008. Um, it's, I always get confused if it's 2009 or 2008, but it was 2008. Gotcha. And so I was in high school. I was a junior and, um, like my family, we were just going through a lot. My parents had just divorced. Um, we, we were in and out of a lot of homes. We were moving a lot. Um, my dad was really having some, some addiction issues Mm. and we, yeah, like just so much of my life was changing and transitioning and it was high school and it was hard. And, um, I felt like my friends and I, we were just going separate ways. Um, well, I had joined a soccer team and one of the girls on the team was like, Hey, you want to come to church with me? Wow. It was, it was really, really amazing. And Lauren, I started going to church and I was going three times a week. Like I was going, I was in. Um, Yeah. Like I, I loved it. I just started going and I just felt my soul being fed. And, um, they had a snow camp that they did yearly and I decided to go to it. And it was at that snow camp as a junior that Christ saved me. Um, and life looked very different after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just all like, he just wove it together. You know, every, he just, he pieced it all together and uh-huh. yeah. And are you still friends with that, that friend that invited you to church? Yeah, I am. So then, yeah. Wow. Now, was that something like that camp? Was that a yearly thing that happened after? Yeah. So it was a yearly camp and that was the only time I ever went Okay. Um, okay. I had such a good time because there was a whole group of girls there that went to a local Christian school. Okay. And they became like my new group. They became my go-to friends. And it was just, it was such a, it just, it was such a nice thing to have in my life with everything I was going through at home, um, with, with my parents and high school. It was just nice to have this whole new group of friends that loved Christ. That's amazing. Now, when you, so when the Lord saved you your junior year, did you like, when you came back, I'm not saying like overnight, but over time, did you look different to friends and family where they kind of like, what's up with Brooklyn? Yeah, I think, yeah, my mom actually said, and I need to ask her this because she said something to my aunt, like, whoa, she's really on fire. 
or something. Like, I just, I was so, I mean, my, I was just so, I've never experienced joy like that in my life. And it, it just, it gave me this, this new fixation and new perspective on the world. And, and it just changed everything. Um, now I went off to college and, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't come from a, a real Christian household. We were a moral house and I knew about God, but I didn't know who God really was. Um, so I didn't, I didn't go back to being fed that. And I went off to college and I really, I really resisted the Holy spirit for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just did not want to let go of sin. And there were certain things in my life. I just, I didn't want to let go of it. And I always felt mm-hmm. this, this tug, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. let it go. It's not worth it. I felt guilty mm-hmm. constantly mm-hmm. for years. And it really wasn't until I graduated and Nick and I got married that I just, I, I rededicated my life. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a journey for me for sure. And sanctification is a lifelong process. Like it's, it's never ending. You, you think you've got right. something not mastered, but you're like, okay, then the Lord will <laughs> something else. I used to be so big. I'm like, I don't struggle with pride at all. Like I, uh-huh. I, I understand about, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I do big time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And- the more you learn about something, the more you're like, oh, I actually really <laughs> struggled. Yes. I thought I had it down, but I really, d- I don't have anything down. <laughs> oh, I'm like, that's, that's me, right? <laughs> oh, great. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Of All right, I'm going to talk about your little ones. I'm not going to say their names because I don't, you know, but speak about your, your precious little girls and, and their diagnosis, like how that kind of came. Yeah. Okay. So our oldest was born. Um, and she, so she was a very, just a tough baby. Um, and you know, as a new mom, you look at your newborn and you don't think anything's wrong, especially with their eyes. You never, you would never suspect like they're blind, right? You would never suspect they had a vision issue whatsoever. Um, and it was at Nadine. Can I say their names? Is that okay? Yeah, for sure. I just want to respect you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I know I'll slip up. So, so Nadine, my oldest, who is now almost six, this Friday, she'll be six. Woo. Yeah, but at her two-month appointment, mm-hmm. um, she, our, my doctor, well, I had noticed she wasn't, she really wasn't making any eye contact. And I was like, okay, do two months old make eye contact? Is this normal? Is this abnormal? Mm-hmm. Well, her doctor, I took her in and her doctor was so concerned. And she had a little one at home with vision issues also. Um, not as intense as what what the girls have, but so she just said, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm going to do an in-office exam. And I, Lauren, I just remember going to the worst case scenario in my head and saying, I just blurted. I was like, is she blind? And oh, you how she, wow. yeah, like, I was like, please just reassure me that she's not blind. Like anything but being blind, just mm-hmm. tell me she can see. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember her saying, it's too soon to tell. And I mean, it was like this, my heart dropped. My husband wasn't, wasn't there. And I just, I, I just wanted to fall over. Um, and I remember thinking, okay, maybe she's just, you know, she doesn't want to get my hopes up in case something's wrong. Um, but I ended up right away calling an ophthalmologist and trying to get in. And I, I called multiple doctors and they said, bring her back when she's six months. She's too little. We can't tell anything. Bring her back. So finally. Um, I found a doctor that saw her earlier around four months. Okay. Yeah. And we drove up to Michigan and we saw that doctor and he just thought, 
you know, she's probably too young to really tell, but let's get her in some glasses. Um, so at six months she was in glasses and when we got the glasses, nothing changed. Um, and by this time I'm really noticing more. There was a day when she was four months, when she was lying in the bed and all of her sudden, her eyes just went back and forth like this uncontrollably just, Oh, and I, yeah. And I actually have it on camera. I can't believe I actually have that. I was just taking a video of her and she happened to do it. And I went to the doctor and I said, Hey, I I think my daughter after Googling, right. The worst of the worst comes up has nystagmus. And he looked at me and said, this isn't nystagmus. And I said, okay, okay. Like that's, that's good if it's not nystagmus, but let's do an MRI to make sure there's no brain tumor. Okay. We'll do an MRI to make sure there's no brain tumor. So we got an MRI when Nadine was around 11 months that came back clear from that time until she was two. Um, there was around five to seven ophthalmologists we saw. I took her everywhere. I took her to every specialist I could find, every different kind of specialist, because I knew something was wrong. Um, You know, when when your one-year-old isn't making eye contact with you and she's falling over things and the glasses don't seem to help and she's asking silly questions about whether something's, you know, a dog or a purse. Um, That happened one time in the car. But it just, I I knew something deep down was Mm -hmm. really wrong. Well, it really wasn't until Vivian was born. When Vivian was born two years, um, Nadine was just two years and Viv was born. And I knew it was genetic because within the first couple of weeks, Vivian had the same thing. Wow. So it was like, okay, um, this journey starts again. Like, here we go on to finding like what in the world is going on with my girls' eyes. Mm -hmm. But after Vivian was born, I had some pretty um, major health stuff come up after having her. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to, you know, there was some stuff I had to do there. And then six months, when Vivian was six months, my father-in-law was killed in a car accident. So Mm -hmm. there just wasn't time within her first year of life to really start diving back into seeing doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until spring of 20, 2019, yeah, 2019, that we ended up going to a, a new ophthalmologist in Indianapolis. And I just looked at him and I said, can we do some sort of genetic testing? <laughs> um, is there anything we can do? Something is not right. And he said, you know, yeah, since both of them have it, I think, I think Riley's Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, I think they could do some genetic testing. The eye world is really moving forward um, with a lot of genetic stuff. And I thought, great. Well, it wasn't just a few weeks after that conversation and we were waiting for the genetic testing um, facility to call us and get scheduled. I was, and this is, it's, it's such a crazy thing to me because I was laying in our hammock in the backyard and I'll just never forget the whole scene. You know how you have those things that yep. happen in your life and you never just forget that moment. It. Yes. This was one of those moments I was laying back there and I'm just thinking like, what is wrong with my girls? And I'm just, I'm really just in my head about it. And I, I type in for the hundredth time, their symptoms in Google, right? Every symptom they have pushing on their eyes with their hands, strabismus. They were severely farsighted. Um, they had nystagmus. And I t- typed it in. And Lauren, I swear it has never come up. 
right? This Libra's congenital amaurosis popped up and I have never seen that. I would never come across that. No. All the times I have looked it up and I started reading about Libra's congenital amaurosis. And I just, it like, I, I still can feel how I felt where my heart just dropped. And I knew like, this is what they have. And there was not one bone in me that doubted it. Um, I looked it up and I thought they have textbook, textbook symptoms of Libra's. And as I read, I read about how it's progressive and how these children can sometimes be born with vision and then very quickly lose it all. Um, And it was just this like moment of just, I I was horrified, truthfully. Um, I was so sad and I didn't want to tell anybody and I wanted to keep myself. Um, And so a couple weeks go by and they called the genetic testing place and they said, we can run two panels. We can do an Isagmus panel, but we also want to run a panel um, that tests for something called Libra's congenital amaurosis. <laughs> and I said, okay, like, yep. Thanks for preparing me, Lord, because I knew this was coming. And so they ran an ERG and they said the worst case scenarios, they, it comes back flat, which means their eyes don't respond to light whatsoever. It came back completely flat, both girls. Um, so that confirmed the diagnosis of Libra's. The next step was figuring out, hey, what gene mutation has caused this? What gene mutation did Nick and I both pass one bad copy of that caused both of our girls to have this? Right. There was one mutation that had a cure. Um, RPE65 has a cure. And as I continued reading about it, I was in just deep prayer, like, God, please give them this mutation. Out of all 19 mutations, this one mutation has a cure. Um, well, the Lord decided differently. That was not the mutation that girls had, but they had a co- more of a common one. It's very rare, but it's still a, one of the most common mutations, which is CRB1. Okay. Um, so we got that news back. And yeah, I mean, since that time, we've just been adapting, fundraising, bringing awareness and just living our life. <laughs> right. And you're doing such a great job at it by I me. Mean, you can just, you just, you just take it in stride. Like when you see those girls, you don't, they don't seem unhappy or like, you know, kind of sometimes you may see people who have a handicap or, or whatever, and they are kind of, they are on the go and just thriving. So so yeah. Brooklyn, just so people can understand, they can't see at all or they can see like shadows. Yeah, or- no, that's a good question. Cause I think when you say blindness, people assume like black. Mm-hmm. Um, so most blind people have some type of vision. Nadine and Vivian currently have about a 2,500 acuity. So what that means is something I can see within 500 feet. I could see it 500 feet away. They would have to be within 20 feet. Yeah. So the, the, the 2200 is considered legally blind. And then out anything after that, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Now, has this changed from, from their initial diagnosis? Is it okay? Okay. Yeah. So we're slowly seeing things fade away. Um, Nadine is starting to not be able to recognize some of the colors as clearly as she used to, which is a normal thing. The first thing to go with Libra's congenital amaurosis is the cones and the rods which are, they're, um, they're kind of responsible for the details that we see in night vision. So Nadine and Vivian, if it's a dark restaurant, they're not seeing hardly anything. Um, right now, everything they see is blurry. 
It's just kind of like a one dimension that they see. So there's no detail that they, that they can see. They've never been able to see my face clearly. If that makes sense. It does. does. Yeah. So, so, okay. So this is something that can happen if you continue to have more kids. This is the, not a, I don't want to say a risk. It's not a, you know. Yeah. 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 That can continue. Okay. Yes. There's a chance. So Nick and I both have one bad copy of this gene and we happen to both pass the one bad copy. So there was a 25% chance with each pregnancy um, that we have that there will be when our kid will have Libras. So we just got both kids. (laughs) We both happen to pass both genes uh, to both girls. Now, when the, do they have a copy of it also? Do you? Well, that would mean they have, they each have two bad copies because they got both of the co- bad copies. From their kids. That, yeah. But really the chances of their kids being blind is slim to none. Um, <laughs> they would have to marry, they'd have to marry somebody with a CRV1 gene mutation and that person have to pass it on. So the chance of them having blind kids is, is very, very slim. <laughs> I'm not laughing. No. Like, <laughs> You know, well, through my life. <laughs> wow. But you, like I said, by God's grace, well, wow, that's amazing. And yeah. I was watching online how they're like Nadine's learning um, Braille and just thriving. I even shared her picture. I got so many comments like, whose baby is that? I'm like, Brooklyn's. It's Brooklyn. Thank you <laughs> for sharing baby. it. Yeah, it was just so precious. It just was like, I was like, look at her yeah. go, you know? She's working hard at it. It isn't easy. No, for sure. So what does parenting like homeschooling look like with that, with that, like in parenting, like what, what do you, I mean, you know, we, we grow up in society and we don't follow the world obviously as believers. Right. Um, And I don't see you doing a lot. I mean, maybe not on camera, but a lot of like, like babying, you know, or making it. Yeah. I see you making and they're just taking it. So like, what does that look like for you guys? You know, one of the things, and, and Nick is really good about this. My husband is probably better about this than I am, but he, he will push them past their fears. Um, Nadine and Vivian really don't have a ton of fear when it comes to stuff because they've just always done everything other kids have done. Now there's some healthy anxiety that's there. Um, if they're on a playground, both girls know to be cautious because typically it's all the same color, but there's different levels. They can't see when it, when it's a different level. Mm -hmm. So they know I got to watch out. I got to watch for steps. I got to watch for drop-off. Um, but other than that, I mean, they will, they'll go on roller coasters. They'll go on rides. They'll do, they'll do it all. Um, but just even tonight we were on a walk and the girls were racing to a neighbor's driveway and the driveway kind of had a bump to get up it. And Nadine Vivian ran right into the bump and just fell right on her face. Um, blood all over her face. She just couldn't see it. And I, I couldn't stop her quickly enough for her not to do that. So we have a lot of accidents. Yeah. Um, they get, they get hurt a lot, but they're also very resilient in that way. Um, they're pretty, they're tough little girls and they get up pretty quickly, but we adapt, we adapt a lot. Nick and I both know. And when you hang out with them enough, you start to just know what can and can't see you know, if they drop something on a rug and it's a, you know, floral or it's a, it's a kind of a crazy pattern rug, they're not going to find it. If it's a white floor and they dropped a black, you know, whatever it is, they'll find it pretty quickly. And you just, you, you just start to learn. We do a lot of like, um, to your left, to your right, in front of you, take a step back, turn around, 
Um, we do a lot of guiding, but homeschool homeschooling is it's it's definitely a change for me because I have to think differently. I can't teach them how I was taught because right. they can't see it. Right. Um, some of the stuff I can blow up on a magnifier and Nadine can see it. But when it comes, you know, when it's in Braille or I'm just explaining it, I have to be so detailed with, um, sorry, my dog, with how I, like with how I explain it. Right. Um, so there's just a lot of adapting that has to happen. Really things look the same, just done differently. Done differently. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I love that you don't even like, you know, you don't say, oh, well, you know, they can't do this because they're, no, we're just going to do it differently, right? Yep. Yep. We'll do it. Yep. We'll go to, you know, we'll go to aquariums where it's really dark and we'll explain animals and Nick and I will get out our phones and zoom in and take a photo and lighten it up for the girls. There's just, there's always like 10 more steps for us than everybody else. I love it. It's your little family. It's special. Yeah, it is. We did talk a lot about, um, like how it is to homeschool them. So I don't want to hone too much on that because your pointers, I got like about maybe six to seven messages about like how encouraged they were for mothers who don't have children with special needs. And like, I can't do this, but no, yeah, I can. Cause you know, for one, I'm, I'm going to pray about it now versus just saying, no, I can't. You were very encouraging. So I thank you for that. Oh, no, for sure. So if someone wants to support this cause and what's going on, like, well, I guess another question I know I'm going to be asked before I ask, ask that one. Are they, are they any closer to possibly having a a cure or being able to not even a cure, but being able to maybe stop the progression of it? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, and actually I have a meeting tonight with the board. Um, So I joined the Curing Retinal Blindness Foundation. I became a board member um, to have a say in where funds go for the girls and for a for research. Um, And we are in such a pivotal time right now as a foundation, because we are, we are getting so close to a cure. Um, actually we go to clinical trials in the Netherlands in 2024 oh. for a gene therapy. Um, and it's, it's extremely hopeful. And this is hopeful because it's been done before with the other mutation I talked about earlier. So they know what to look for. They know issues that can come up. Um, we are working with multiple researchers and the hope is that we can get in and we can reverse um, the damage already done. So that's that's the goal in all of this. And it's it is very, very, very helpful to um, have a board of of people who all have kids with this disease because we're all working very hard to raise funds. And, and really, the thing is, is we have we have the people. It's not that we don't have the researchers. We we have, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, we have the researchers, we have the people making it happen, but it's the funds to get us there because it is so rare. There's about 300 CRB1 cases in the U.S. Um, so it's, and I hold two of them. You repeat yeah. that? Three? 300 people in the U.S. with CRB1 mutation. And that's one of the more common levers, right? So it's, it's extremely rare. So, you know, it's, it's, hard to get big funding um, for things like this, but we've had so many generous people donating um, and it all adds up over time. And, and really that's, so we're just pushing for funds and prayers. <laughs> funds and prayers. Okay. Funds and prayers. Right. And like we did last time, Brooke, I'm going to like attach any links also, like okay. you know, all of that. Cause it's just so good to know and have that information as well. 
Yeah. I'm so happy though that there's a possibility to, you know, potentially reverse or halt all of this. Yes. I mean, with the other mutation, like the FDA passed Luxternin, I think in 2016. And that, I mean, these kids, Lauren, they're, they're blind and they go in, they get a good copy of the bad gene put into their eye and they go home in a couple of hours and they see, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it is, it's mind blowing. It's just, it's absolutely mind blowing um, what they can do. And I just, every time I watch these videos of these kids who've gotten the surgery and I see them just living life without canes, without Braille, they're just very, you know, atypical, you know, or no typical kids um, living typical lives. And I think, you know, how amazing that would be for Nadine and Vivian to have one day. Um, Blessing. Yeah. And, and, and I love the fact also that you shared that there is, we've got the researchers, you know, but so do you feel like from when this all started to now, or, you know, even a month or a year ago, there's mm-hmm. been huge changes or progress made with this particular mutation of it? Yeah, we're actually, we're going to be releasing a video soon um, about a research meeting we had that just left me in tears after. Um, it's pretty much the researchers saying like, we're ready to go to the clinic. Like we're ready to take CRB1 to the clinic and like get this going. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes it feels very surreal. Um, and just like, you know, trying to not put all my hope in that because it's, it's not where all of my hope lies and it's hard for it not to become the most important thing. Um, because at the end of the day, it isn't, but it would be very, very special for something like that to happen. Yeah. Brooke, what would you say to the people who are listening regarding this? Like, how do you each day when your kids are struggling, when you're struggling, when you're maybe feeling discouraged or they're feeling discouraged or, I mean, I'm sure they're probably not at the age yet where they're, there's comparisons in life. Uh-huh. What would you say to that person that's struggling? Like, where, where, what do, what do you do? Like, where do you find, I mean, we know where you find your hope, right? Yeah. Yeah. You look to, but what, what would you say to that person? Well, where, where I go in my head um, with this stuff is, as I always tell myself, no suffering is for nothing, right? It's never, ever wasted. Every day when we suffer over, over blindness or, you know, Nadine's realizing that she is blind and that she's different, um, that it's not wasted. And that just because it's suffering, it doesn't mean it's always going to be bad. Um, and that this life is temporary and that we have to fix our eyes on the cross yes. and there's, there's no other place to fix them. So I, you know, I pray for my, my girls is spiritualized more than I pray for their physical ones. Oh, amen. That's what that's, I knew it. I knew it. Like that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to quote you on that because that's so profound. Like suffering is, is it's never for nothing. And each day when our eyes are fixed on eternity, as you just said, I'm praying for their spiritual life. Like, obviously, physically, I'd love for them to. Right. right. Where you're going to spend eternity matters. Right. Absolutely. So, so, so much more. Oh, amen. I love that. Thank you for saying that. I think that's going to be a good encouragement. For I hope so. I hope so. I, I know it's not easy. I know it's not. And it can take a while to really, to really grieve it and get there. And it's just, it's, it's always a grieving process, but that's life. It is life. You know, it, it's losses and gains and losses and gains. And it's, it is. And as I was thinking the other day with people who don't have Christ, I'm like, I, 
How do you even get up in the morning? I, I would be, I would be a rat. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, tr- I truly don't. I can't comprehend how people do it without him. Me neither. I'm like, I don't, how do you even like even sit up in bed in the morning when you wake up? Like I, I'm laying in the bed, like exhausted, but I'm like, thank you, Lord. Like just praying yeah. and praising him. And I'm like, how do you not do this? Yeah. You, yeah. You know? I don't know. I don't know. And it's so, it's so sad to me because, you know, there are people out there that have you know, special needs, little kids, and they don't have I know the hope of Christ. Or, you know, I get a lot of messages like I thought God would protect me from having this or my child having this. And those are such encouraging moments for me. And, you know, it's moments like that where I'm like, Lord, this is why it's not wasted. Yes. Right? This is why it's not wasted. And I want Vivian and Nadine to know that. And it's, you know, trying to parent them to have that same perspective um, on life. So you know, cool. yes, this is hard, but it's okay. okay. It's not forever. It's not forever. Mm-hmm. I was just reading that in James, you know, this life is here and then it's like a mist. And then, you know, but while we're here, let's make sure we are praising him throughout this. And he's still getting yeah. the glory throughout our yeah. trials and things we go. Absolutely. Through. I love that. Absolutely. Do you have any closing remarks or anything else to share? Are you or anything else you want to add? No, I mean, just thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm just grateful. Thanks for letting me have a platform to share our story. I think it's so important, Brooke. And I'm even last time when we talked about it, I was just like, people need to hear this because again, if they don't have kids with special needs, but just just to look at you and I'm like, I'm telling you, I first followed your page. I'm like, what is going on here? And I'm like, wow, but just such a light. So just, yeah, thank you. Glory to God. I mean, truly, it's it's the only thing that gives me joy, right? Like, (laughs) It's not me. I can't do it on my own. I'm not resilient. I'm not tough. I'm not a strong person. It's not, no, it's not that. It's not that. He gets all of it. You're absolutely right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to make sure that I link the, just some articles, I guess, or maybe just even some research articles that you may want to share with me for others to read. Um, recording this and then I'm going to continue to keep people posted um, on the progress with the clinical trial as well I think it's just important to talk about Ah, thanks Lauren you're welcome for sure I'm so grateful all right well thank you all for listening and um, tuning in to another episode of Grace Redeemed Um, if you like this episode please go over to Apple Store or whatever listening platform you're on and leave a review if you can thanks so much Thanks for joining us this week on the Grace Redeemed Podcast. Make sure to visit my Instagram page at Grace Redeemed Podcast and YouTube channel at The Grace Redeemed Podcast, where you can subscribe to the show. You can also find episodes of this podcast on many listening platforms. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, and if you found value or encouragement in this show, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, we would appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Grace Redeemed podcast as we dive into another episode through a biblical lens. Mm -hmm.